This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Jump there with me. I will begin in verse number 22. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. What does the blessing of the Lord? Now, when we read that, oftentimes we think that just automatically happens. But when he talks about the blessing of the Lord, it, it cross-references me back into Genesis 24. And it talks about a man named Abraham, and it begins to say about Abraham, he was blessed, and he was blessed, and he was blessed. So oftentimes when we read these passages, we think, well, man, I want to be blessed like that. Well, if you were to back up in the scriptures even a little farther in Genesis 14, it says this about Abraham, that he tied to the high priest Melchizedek who was in Salem. Now, a lot of times we overlook that right there, but way before he walked in the blessing, he began to tithe. Now, the interesting part about that is Abraham began to honor God with a tithe before it was law. So what does that mean? That he did it out of his heart. Now I can tithe out of law, and what law means is you gotta do it, you gotta do it. But when I tithe out of my heart, it's an expression of my gratitude. So here it talks about the blessing. Now if we were to look at that in, in Malachi 3.10, it says this, Bring all your tithe into the storehouse that there may be resources in my house. Now prove me in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that there will not be room enough for you to receive. So when I see what he's talking about here, there's a blessing that only comes when I do this, okay? And I'm telling you, it's a step of faith that's going to stretch you. But when I read about the blessings of Abraham, that just didn't happen, guys. It happened because a guy was obedient, but he had a heart to say, man, Father God, I'm so blessed. So in my life, I don't tithe because I have to. I tithe because I want to. I say, man, Father God, you're Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. You're my source. Man, all these years, he has blessed me. And so again... Just get a hold of that truth right there. It'll bless you, I promise you. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Thank you. Woo, the, the God who still blesses his children. And Lord, you said the word bless is to, to be not only provided for, but to be happy, fortunate, and to be envied. And we thank you because your blessing is upon us. We walk in that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as our ushers are not taking that up, I'm used to saying that. And put it in the baskets as you're leaving. Let me give you a couple announcements real quick. Again, the youth are tonight, tomorrow night, and Friday night. Get them here. It's going to be outstanding. Then again, we're having a partnership class a week from tonight. Be sure and sign up for that online. And then this, this Sunday is Father's Day. You don't want to miss it, okay? I, I, am, I am lit about Father's Day this week. Unlike any other time in my life, God's just stern within me, Okay. Well, you may have seen me close everything up. I, I don't know if you've ever spoke before people, but I, I've done this a while now, and I can always tell in my heart when God wants me to shift directions. And so I, I had wrote stuff. I mean, I'm ready to go for tonight. 
and the Lord just would not let me get away. And so all through today, I'm scratching out this and I'm scratching out that. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, where? So I go home there just for a little bit and the Lord begins to sit on me. And so I think, you know what? I've got everything I need for tonight and everything. And then in praise and worship, man, the Lord just kept moving on me. So I'm, I'm going to go with this and I, I believe God's going to move here tonight, okay? Anytime he does this within me, it is really, really good. So here's a couple thoughts for you. Evan said this earlier there in Genesis 1 that we're created in God's image and God's likeness. So in other words, I've got God's DNA all over me. So do you. Well, many times in the Bible, you'll hear this, that the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion. Well, who was he moved with compassion toward? People. People. Now, the reason I want to highlight, I believe this needs to come into the church where we become people that are moved with compassion. Now, if you've got a Bible, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to read one verse in there. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, I am to be an imitator of God. Now, we know our God is a God of love. Our God is a God of kindness. Our God is a God of patience. And so as I read this here, we are to be imitators of our heavenly Father. So my prayer for every one of us is this right now. Father God, rank that on us. I, I want to be an imitator of you. Now, in order to do that, you've got to like people. You've got to love people. And, and the thing about God, uh, this is Acts 10, 34, it says that God is no respecter of people. So when you look through the, the eyes of God, God loves everybody equally the same. It's, that's my boy, that's my boy, that's my boy. God isn't an eeny, meeny, miny, mo God. No, I like you. I don't like, uh uh-uh, that's not how God is. And so that what needs to happen to every one of us that we begin to put on the imitators of God, and part of that is compassion. Now, go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. And this is a passage about King David. Now, at this time in his life, he's he's been the king for, for a period of time. So we pick up 2 Samuel 9, verse 1. Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul? Comma. And and you may ask this question. Well, who was Saul? Saul was the king before David. So David replaced Saul. And he says here, an interesting thing. Is there still anyone in, left in the house of Saul? And look what he goes on to say. That I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake or for Saul's son, Jonathan. Now, he said, I want to show him kindness. I don't want to just talk about kindness. I actually want to be kind to someone. Now, here's an interesting thought for you. When you read this about Saul and David... Saul couldn't stand David. For years and years, he hunted David down. He wanted to kill David. So oftentimes, human nature is this. 
If, if someone wants to hurt me or kill me, you know what our thought is? I got to get them before they get me. But King David had opportunity after twice that I know of. He had opportunities to kill him and he wouldn't do it. And you know what he said? I can't mess against God's anointed. But in this right here, he says, I want to show someone the kindness of God. Verse 2. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, this king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. Then the king, David, said, is there not still someone in the house of Saul to may, whom I may show the kindness of God? You may want to highlight that. You know what he just said? I want to imitate God. I, I want to show him the kindness of God. I want to show him just how kind our father is. And so Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame him in his feet. Now he throws that in. He doesn't say there's just a, there's still a, a son. He says specifically, there's a son, but he's lame in his feet. So you know what I read into that? You know what he's saying? He, he's messed up, king. He has no value. He has no worth. In other words, you, you really don't want to waste your kindness on him. Wow. So to a degree, this, this servant named Ziba says, he's nothing. He's a nobody. I would say 18 years ago, maybe 19, 18, somewhere in that range, this church had only been going for a few years. And we were meeting out off of 50th and Q in Briarcroft Court. Many of you know where Briarcroft Court was. Well, we took a little building there and we turned it into a church. Let me ask you this. Is there anybody in here who was out at Briarcroft when we started there? <laughs> There's, I see you. I see some hands going up. There's a couple of them. So you, you remember way back. So one Sunday morning, I'll never forget, I'm speaking, and the, the entrance into the, the sanctuary was in the back. So I'm speaking, and while I'm speaking, I, I can see anytime anybody's coming in or going out. So I'm speaking, and I notice this guy comes in. And when he comes walking in, he's got a backpack, and he's got a duffel bag. Well, you know what that tells me real quick? He's homeless. He's homeless. So after the service, one of our ushers come up and said to me, Pastor, that guy wants to talk to you. Well, the man of faith and power that I am, immediately I jump to conclusions in my mind and think, what's he want? Money? He's needing help. What, what, what a, a hard heart to even think that about a human being. So I go up to him and I introduce myself and I said to him, what do you need? And he said, I, I don't need nothing. He said, I want you to pray with me so I can receive the Jesus that you talked about. Amen. This guy shrinks. 
I look and I, I got so moved when he said that to me. And so I got real close to him and I said, would you grab my hands and let me pray with you? And the closer I got to him, I, I, I've never forgot this, that he smelled like urine and you could tell he had probably been in the dumpsters trying to eat. And the Lord Jesus spoke to my heart right there and he said, I died for that smell. I died for that smell. And so oftentimes our nature as human beings, we, we jump to conclusions because the way someone looks or someone smells, but we don't know what's happened to them in their life. And, and oftentimes, I, I wonder how many people come in here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and, and we jump to conclusions. We don't know how people are. I, I don't know the inside of Ricky's heart right now. I don't know what he's thinking, how he's feeling. And, and so many times we thought, well, I'm just going to church. But we miss opportunities to be imitators of the Most High. When I have that thought, I, I, I really don't care. I don't ask. H have we gotten that busy or that selfish in life? And I'm not saying that to you. So he said he's lame in his feet. The reason he was lame in his feet. When he was five years old, a nurse had him in her arms and they were trying to escape so they wouldn't be killed. And she stumbled and she dropped him. And the way she dropped him, he was lame the rest of his life. How many people are we around on a daily basis? that have been dropped. And what I mean by dropped, maybe there's not a father figure, maybe there's been a, a tragic a, a divorce, maybe this is, they've lost a job. And so the, the list is endless on how people have been dropped. And so again, often we, we don't ask, we don't care. And this is something the Lord's really, really, really putting in me right now. Keep reading. So the king said to him, where is he? I, I think Ziba was saying, you know, his thought was, he'll give up on him. He'll mark him off. But instead, King David said, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Meshir, the son of Emil, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Meshur, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, and this is this guy's name, and please don't name your kid names like that, okay? <laughs> now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and he prostrated himself. So he comes in and he sees the king and he sees King David. And, and the Bible says that immediately this, this is what he does. And there's two ways we can look at it. And we can look at it out of paying honor to him as king. But I believe he did it more out of, of, of fear. Of I'm not worthy to be here. And so he's bowing there. 
And then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear. That's why I believe what I said was accurate because David, he's, he's fearful. He, he's afraid that what are you going to do? Are, are you going to laugh at me? Are you going to make fun of me? Are, are you not going to pick me to be on the, 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 the dodgeball team? See, many times in our life we go through things and you think this is a kid. What it's like when everybody gets chosen and you're the last one left. But King David here said, don't fear Mephibosheth. For I will surely show you kindness. I said, Lord, anoint this, this guy with kindness. Anoint me to go on a search to be kind to people. Now, here's a thought for you. It would be great if we could go back in life, wouldn't it? I would love to go back into my high school years born again like I am now. Now, I thought back I wasn't ugly to people, but there was a lot of people that I could have been good to. And I thought, I can't repeat those times, but man, I can sure go to work right now. I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. You know what King David just said to him? You're welcome at my house anytime you want to come. That's showing the kindness of God. Verse 8. Then Mephibosheth bowed himself and he said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? This is the way he viewed himself. It was like on the inside of him there was self-hatred and self-rejection. And he said, why would you even look at a person that's nothing more than a dead dog? Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. If it's a dead dog, there's zero worth in a dead dog. And so that's what he's saying. Why would you pay attention to such a dead dog as me? And I think, how many people are we around that have the dead dog syndrome? How many people would, even, would we even notice if they weren't here or they were gone? So back in December, early December of 2019, just a few months back, I, I, I get a call on a Monday morning, and they said, Pastor, it's, it's a nurse from... University Medical Center. Let's ask if they could talk to you. And I said, yeah. So I get on there and I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, are you Pastor Stormy Swan? And I said, I am. And she said, I need you to come up here as quick as you can get here, okay? And she said, I can't go in a lot of detail until you get here. So I said, okay, where am I going? And she told me, well, I, I've been to UMC enough that when people tell me what floor they're in, I can pretty much tell you 
how serious it is or not, just by that floor. Well, she told me the floor. And I thought, this isn't good. I knew immediately. So when I walked in, I walked right to where she was to the station. And I said, I just talked to you. And she said, this is in regards of a man named Stephen Free. She said, do you know Stephen Free? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And she said, first of all, you can go in there where he's at before you come back out and I'm going to talk to you. So I said, okay. So I'd never forget, I, I walked in that room and, and I'm thinking, I'm here, I'm going to get a pray for him. And, and I walk in and he's got tubes everywhere in him. Machines going everywhere. I mean, they got his chest open. I mean, I'm looking like, oh my gosh, Lord Jesus. So I walked back out and I said, can you tell me what happened? And she said, he was at a Walmart on, on Saturday and he had a massive heart attack. She said, they've tried to revive him over and over. He's living only by that machine. And I said, okay, why am I here? And she said, he has nobody. She said, we cannot find any next of kin. We, we cannot find any family, anybody. And she said, in his wallet, we found a card that said, Faith Christian Family Church, and you were the pastor. And she said, you're the only contact that he had. Now, many of you would probably remember him. Some of you remember very clearly. He would sit right back there, Sundays and Wednesdays. And, and he would fall asleep often, and you could hear him snoring. But most of the time, he would walk to church, and he would have to get a ride home. And any time we would have events, there was food left over. We would try to be discreet and, and fill bags up for him to have food. But I thought, Stephen was a dead dog. Who, who would even notice him? And so she said, he's not going to make it. We need your permission to take him off life support. So me and Evan walked back in there. And we looked at him and we said, go to heaven. Go be with Jesus in a place where there's no tears, no more hurting. We, we release you, Stephen. And then they said, do you think he would have been open for us to harvest his organs for other people? And we said, yeah, that's him. That's him. A couple weeks later in the mail, I get a death certificate. It stays in my drawer. But it told his heart went to this one, his kidneys went to this one. And I remember those days saying, Lord, I, I repent for not, not always acknowledging people and being good to people. That the dead dog people of our society, the people that are hurting, the people that have been dropped, 
Verse 9. And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and he said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to his house. You therefore and your sons, your servants, you shall work the land for him, and you shall bring the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. You know what I think David was saying to Ziba, the, service, the servant? The man who's lame in his feet, he gets my blessing. The, the man who was lame in his feet, he gets my approval. He gets my kindness. And so how many times in our life have we gone through days and weeks and stuff? So where this began to stir within me. Two weeks ago, Shelly has a sister that's my age in Clovis. And she calls and tells Shelly, and she says, do you remember, and his initials were J.R., and Shelly asked, I said, oh, yeah, I remember him. I know exactly who that is. And I said, I remember as an eighth grader that I met this guy, and he, he was a guy that was always trying to fit in, into society, trying to fit into a group. One of those guys that was just, well, he went to a different school than me in middle school and then in high school. I went to a big high school, so I hardly ever saw him, but I remember who he was. Well, about 15 years ago, one night he was very high and drunk and he got in a scuffle with another guy and shot him and killed him. And they sent him to, to, to the penitentiary for self, on self-defense. And he wasn't in there very long. And he got out. Well, about a month ago now, my sister-in-law was very good to him. His, his parents that had adopted him had both died. He had nobody. And so she said that he began to say day after day after day, I love you. And he'd say, would you guys hug me? And they said it was kind of uncharacteristic of him. And he would make comments and said, I'm, I'm going to miss you guys. Well, about eight days went by and they hadn't seen him. And so they drove by his house and all his mail was in the mailbox and they knew something wasn't right. So they looked, uh, filed a missing person report with the police. And the police said, who are you filing this on? And she said, and they said, can you please come to the station? And when they got down there, eight days before, he had ran his pickup head on into a semi-truck. And I thought, here's another dead dog in our society. And I said, Lord, I, I, I don't want people to go to hell because we don't show people kindness. I, I, I don't want people to go to hell because they've been dropped in life. And so I spoke to, to many of you teenagers on Monday, and I spoke on these same lines, but I asked these teenagers, I said, would you bow your head? And I said, how many of you in here would like 
the kindness of God to come upon you. And, and I challenged them and I said, there'll be teens that'll come into this youth group that, that don't fit. And if you're not good to them, why would they come back? And I said, for the school year next year, you know there's people in your math class. There'll be people in your gym class that are the outcasts. But if you don't go after them, who will? And I wasn't saying that. Just, I'm saying that to me. saying, I, I got to get busy. And then I said, Keep your head bowed. I said, how many of you sitting right here? You've been dropped. How many of you hurting right now? How many of you to the degree have the dead dog syndrome? And their little hands begin to go up. And I just said, it's, it's almost unanimous. And then before I knew it, it was unanimous. And again, I thought, here I am teaching you. And your little hearts are broken because you've been dropped. So I'm going to ask you to just stand up where you're at. Who you say, Pastor, this is rugged. You know, I asked those teens, do you have anything to comment on? And one of the older boys looked at me and goes, Pastor, that was serious. And I said, we play for eternity, though. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head right there. The first thing, I don't know about you, but I, I want the kindness of God. I... I, I don't want to just get up and think of my day as me, me, me. I, I, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I never think about anybody else and I'm guilty of that. Sometimes we just get so caught up with our life that we forget about people. So I said, Lord, wake me up. Fill me with compassion. Fill me with kindness. I repent of being selfish with my life. If that's you, you can raise your hands with me. My hands are the first one up. I'm saying, Lord, move within me tonight. Grace us, Father God, grace us. Lord, put on our hearts. I, I want to show people the kindness of my God. And Father God, I stand before you and I repent of the opportunities that I've missed to show compassion. Ooh, Father God, forgive me. Now let me ask you something right now. You put your hands down. I, I don't say this to harm you or hurt you or make you be in a spotlight. But with every head bowed right now, how many in here have been dropped? You're hurting right now. You say, that's me, Pastor. I'm hurting. I'm, I'm hurting. I, I, I welcome your hands to be up. You may say, I, I, I feel like a dead dog at times. And who, who even notices me? Who would even miss me if I left? If that's you, raise your hands. You know what? I, I, I'm... I'm part of the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know what? 
I, I welcome you. Just see hands up. and If you're good with us praying for you and touching you, laying hands, I'm good with it. If, if you don't want us to, say, I, I'm not comfortable with it. But if that's you, I'm telling you guys, we're, we're the body of Christ. The love of God, the love of God. And so I, I want you to look around. Keep your hands up, guys. We're, we're here to pray. We're the family of God. And you say, I've never done anything like that. I'm telling you, something happens when we just pray. But if we, if we quit overlooking people, what good have we done? I, I welcome you to get out of your seat, okay? And you say, well, what about social distancing, Pastor? Well, what about just obeying the Bible tonight? I don't mean that ugly, okay? Father God, we pray. Come on, guys, come on. I Keep your hands up. There's people that are hurting. Come on. Father God, bless right now. Move. This is church. This is what a church does. Father God, bless here. Bless here. Move, Lord. Move. Restore. Restore. Restore in the name of Jesus. The God who reconciles. The God who heals. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. God hadn't forgotten you. God hadn't forgotten you. It's the goodness of God. Bless the Lord. Bless him. Bless him. See, God doesn't look for ability. He looks for availability. He just says, who, who will be my hands? Who will be my feet? In the name of Jesus. Lord, move across your house tonight. Move across this church. Move here, Father God. Lord, we pray blessings on ones that are hurting right now, ones that have been dropped in life in the name of Jesus. Woo, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, just, just Father God, the same words that you said through David, that, that God is going to restore. Woo, in Jesus' name. He's going to restore. He's going to give back peace, and he's going to give back joy in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. You know what? If you want us to pray for you, you hadn't been prayed for, raise your hands. I want to pray for you. I'm going to walk right on through here. Sorry, you guys on uh, live stream. I'm sorry what I've done to you tonight. Jesus' name. Bless the Lord. Bless. Bless, Father God. Bless in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the God who restores and the God who heals and the God who blesses. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Father God, we ask you to heal hearts. That, Lord, you're, you're the God who placed value on us. Woo, I, I speak kingdom value right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, move. Move. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God feel comfortable here, why don't you raise your hands here to heaven right now. Father, grace us tonight with this. Holy Spirit, this was you. You designed, you orchestrated. Move within us tonight. Change us from the inside out, Lord. Move with kindness in our hearts. Brotherly kindness and brotherly love and brotherly value. Brotherly honor, Lord, let it sweep into the nation in our churches. Father God, we give you glory and honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
again. If you need more prayer after it's over, I'm going to be down here. I, I, don't, I don't mean to cause fear with anybody, okay? Just I believe we need to lay hands on people at times. And I, I just want to say this. I, I, I appreciate you guys. Let, let me be spontaneous. I like to be me. And, and I tell you guys this, just day by day I come in here and I weep. I weep before the Lord. I, I don't like what's happening in our land. But something happens when we get filled with the kindness of God. Okay. Well, this crybaby's going to dismiss you, Okay. Some of you men say, and I've never seen a crier like, like a man do that. I'm going to tell you right now, I pray that comes upon you. It's healthy. And it's a lie when they say real men don't cry. That's a lie. Jesus wept. <laughs> he was the greatest man of all. Well, bless you. If you need more prayer, come down here. If you've got thoughts for me, I welcome you. Other than that, have a kingdom week. And Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.